Hey, everybody. It's a time for a Daniel discussion Friday. And I'm Steve Durr, your, I don't know, I, would, I, would you say I'm your host? host? Absolutely. The you host, are the with, host the most? with the most. Uh, that's good. I was. I, I don't like the word moist. You're the host with the moist. And that's only like one letter shy of most. It doesn't rhyme, though. It so. doesn't. I'm the hoist with the, mo- the moist. <laughs> and I'm here with... Uh, Billy Ocean, and I'd like you to get out of my dreams and into my car. I love Billy Ocean, yeah. and I love uh, Caribbean Queen. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. I had the greatest hits. Did you? That's yeah. awesome. He is good. But actually, it's Steve Thompson, uh, the, the other Steve. And then I'm. we're also here, joined by way of Zoom with... This is Chad Inman, and I could not think of any 80s pop reference, so I'll just go with Chad. <laughs> Chad, you are a pop icon from the 80s. Yes. Yeah. What year were you born, Chad? 82. Yep. So there you're you're a true 80s guy. Yep. Yep. That's 80s awesome. Babies. So Chad Inman's joining us today by way of Zoom. Glad we could make this work. And uh, just to give you a little bit of recap of what we do, we want to share a little bit of some things that were shared this week through our devotions uh, that people shared from Watermark. But then we want to get into what in the world, what was kind of odd, interesting uh, in the text that we're reading today from Daniel 5 through 6. And then what in the word, which is how did God get our attention from this? So first, I just want to just make mention of a couple things that happened this week. Like Steve Wilcox shared about treating holy gifts, holy things in an unholy uh, common way, whether it's people, our bodies, time, like the Sabbath, things of that nature, making sure we uh, revere God and uh, treat holy things as holy and not unholy. Tracy and Luke, that was a great devotional. That was yeah. good Good little humor back and forth between them. Yeah, and I love Luke's insight about just uh, you don't know how much time you have before yeah. repentance. That it, was really good. Yeah. That was a real good challenge. Faith, Brenda, and Gail uh, shared about the character, faithfulness of Daniel and his predictable pattern of prayer. Yes. And then Mike, Thursday, shared about faith and uh, talked about Daniel's faith, but also he touched on, I, I didn't really think of this before really much, uh, how Darius had a little kernel or ember of faith because he's yeah. like, perhaps your God will he- yeah. you know, help you. So we seem pretty open to it. Yeah. So that's good. Um, so anyway, um, we want to get into what in the world from Daniel chapter five through Daniel chapter six. And Chad, you're going to kick us off our eighties guy. Um, what in the world from this text uh, made you, Things that make you go, hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me and uh, Dur, you, you touched on it a little bit uh, in, the, in the gathering, but in the teaching time, the, this whole idea of these huge plot gaps between like one chapter and the next. Um, and I think, you know, in between chapters four and five is, is the most obvious because there's like some 70 years that pass or pretty close to that. Mm-hmm. But there's so many like I wonder about in between the end of chapter six and chapter seven. So you have this complete regime takeover, and yet somehow Daniel's in the same uh, you know place of prominence, and apparently has become like besties almost with the new emperor. And so, so many things that you just aren't explained that I personally would like to know. So those those plot holes or you know holes in the storyline are really like what in the world is going on with that? Yeah, yeah. and what was the writer? What was the author? You know why? Why skip all those fascinating details? Yep. Yeah, and imagine living at that time, thinking you might be able to make it in the book of the Bible, and you get overlooked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was everybody's goal. Yeah, exactly. Goal. 
So how about you, Tom? So what in the world? What in the world was going on when Belshazzar is throwing a huge party and like they're all getting wasted and he sees a, a disembodied hand <laughs> writing on the plaster wall. Like and and for all we know, he was the only one that saw it. And maybe it was like this just drunken delusion or something, but everybody ended up seeing the writing on the wall or the effect of it. But he saw like so the a hand, just a hand. Nowhere it's in scripture do we have a disembodied hand just appearing out of yeah. nowhere and writing things down. I'm like thinking Adam's family. Was that it <laughs> it or thing? thing yeah, I right? forgot. Yeah. And you can see the little hand like, you know, crawling around yes. on its fingers. Yes. Uh, I'm sure. That's a good old, old school reference. Yeah. Well, I, I had heard, I don't remember, I read it somewhere in the midst of study that uh, you would mark how many people you killed by taking their right hand, I think it was, and chopping it off of your enemy after they died and you that's how you would count or whatever okay so i thought that's really interesting like is, does that mean like you know belshazzar almost sees god as a, a defeated god um and then god though uses that same imagery to say no no no, you're defeated like that mm. i thought was interesting I, it might be totally not true at all yeah but it's interesting to think right about it. yeah here you thought yeah, I was a powerless god, and yet you see my hand writing on your wall kind of thing. Yeah. That would be an interesting. That would be interesting. Um, I thought, first of all, I loved that Mike Sternberg, uh, along the way in telling the story of Daniel in the lion's den, said, now this is where the kid's Bible story ends, uh, <laughs> and now we'll get into the rest, which is basically Darius throwing yeah. uh, all the all these people, the counselors and their entire family this must into have the been lion's a large lion's den to house that many people yeah and hungry lions what a feast that is a feast so i guess my what in the world in that way um would be uh recognizing darius going all in on daniel's team but doing something perhaps daniel never asked for mm -hmm. or god asked for and that's to throw everybody else in the lion's den um and i also thought it was odd that daniel kept being referred to as the exile uh, you're, aren't you one of the exiles brought from Judah? Belshazzar says to him, a lot of the counselors come to Darius and say, Hey, uh, that man, Daniel, one of the captives from Judah. So he's really got this identity of being a captive an exile. And that just seems to follow him. So yeah. let's notice that. Um, can I say at yeah. first I, I wondered, hmm, is this kind of a racial slur? Like, are yeah. they like separating these particular, like it's those people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my positive spin on that in my mind, I was thinking, I wonder if this, that set apartness that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, I'll go with their head, Babylonian oh, so name, nice of you. Uh, uh, if they've achieved that being able to um, sustain a difference among the assimilation yeah. and maybe that, I don't know. So yeah, that's that interesting. Some wondering that I had. they are different, even though they serve in that land. Yeah. So, Chad, how about you? What in the word? What? What did? How did God get your attention from these stories of Belshazzar and Daniel? Yeah, I think uh, Tom. So that was actually a good segue because one of the things that really jumped out to me was Daniel's integrity. You know, his consistency throughout this whole story so far, including you know, obviously, in chapter six, it would have been really easy to close a curtain or whatever, but just deciding to stay consistent. Um, then I thought like, what was sort of what gave him the, the courage and the strength to be that consistent, to have that kind of integrity. And then I kind of landed on this idea of, of reliance, like, what are you relying on? Um, and, you know, there were certainly times in the story where Daniel could rely on his place that he'd been given 
um, both with Babylon and you know with the Persian Empire. Um, but that clearly wasn't what he was relying on. And obviously, with the lion's den, that betrayed him. And um, I think there's a lot of things that we think are safe bets. And you know, obviously, the 2020 and with COVID, and not to not to say this lightly, but obviously, what happened in Michigan State. Yeah, there's so many examples of in our world in America. It's really easy to to rely on the sort of status of our country and our, our little gated communities and everything. And that's certainly what, you know, Babylon was relying on and that, that didn't hold up. And so uh, this idea of, am I going to rely on God the way Daniel did or, or, or those things that seem a little easier, a little more concrete and a little safer. And I think the thing that made Daniel so amazing was his reliance was on God alone, uh, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, and in a career line like politics, where the pressure and temptation to, you know, take the shortcut or to, you know, the power play or the whatever, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's all the more impressive to me. Yeah, so true. How about you, Steve, as far as what in the word? Yeah, uh, the thing that jumped out that got my attention was Belshazzar. So the story before in, in chapter five, honestly, what resonated was him actually throwing a party and getting drunk when the enemy was right outside the walls of their city. <laughs> um, and and there's somewhat of a defeatist or an arrogance. I'm not sure. But the thing to me was like, how often do I turn to just entertain myself? Because like, forgive the language, but like, screw it. This is over anyways. Or yeah. we've got this. Or just failing to do the humbling and self-denying route of pursuing the Lord in that mm-hmm. moment, as opposed to just like, ah, I'm just going to play a game or watch a show. Veg you know? out and exactly. Escape. So it's just, you know, it's a common theme that God gets my attention around, but like, am I not a little bit more like Belshazzar than, than like Daniel? Yeah. I was going to talk to you about that. Um, but <laughs> no, I'm joking. Now you don't have to, no, no, I'm you don't glad need to God... write with some disembodied hand on my wall. Yeah. I'm glad that God told it, told you that instead. Yeah. Uh, but I think what I do appreciate about that, Tom, so is sometimes we read these stories as if we're always the hero Yeah, and see ourselves in the hero. And I think it's just reminding ourselves that ultimately Jesus is the hero. Yeah. Uh, God's the hero. And uh, what are the things I can learn from all the different people as a part of it, even Belshazzar. Um, for me, the what in the word in, in Daniel 6, I just found it fascinating that King Darius agreed to having for 30 days people in the land pray to him and no other God. I mean, what kind of <laughs> ego or, yeah. or, or belief that you have some kind of, you know, kind of like what Chad, you were just saying, like this, that self-reliance mm-hmm. that you have something that people can pray to you and you have some kind of power there uh, and that kind of arrogance. But what I found really fascinating then is how if he had any sense of his own power that was quickly stripped away when uh, Daniel was placed in the lion's den and he was regretting this, he was hoping that he would be alive and he couldn't do anything about it. He didn't have uh, the authority to change the law. He didn't have the power to save him miraculously. He's like, perhaps your God can do it. And it just, to me, it was a reminder of there's so many places I go to when things are difficult or hard, or I want to, you know, instead of prayer, often, instead of going to God, I go so many other places at times. And it's just a reminder that 
all those other places are basically a Darius. Mm. Um, they might promise to be able to help, but in the end, uh, they don't have the power. Uh, only God is the one who can rescue Daniel, and uh, only God's the one who can hear my prayers and answer it. So make him the focus of that. So that was kind of the impact point for me. So awesome. That's good. Yeah, so we're looking forward to continuing our journey in the book of Daniel and uh, should be a good time. Chad, would you close us out with a word of prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Lord, I just I thank you for this uh, this opportunity as a, as a faith uh, family to uh, come together and uh, dig into your word and part of your, your story, part of your big story, um, and to get different perspectives and participation and to, to be both challenged and encouraged we just pray that we would slowly learn to have a kind of faith and consistency that Daniel has shown in, in this story and uh, go with us and help us to be an example of, of, of your good news of your light uh, in the weeks to come in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Thanks, Chad. Yep. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll see ya.